Money FM 89.3, the best of the breakfast huddle. The Breakfast Brief on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's the Breakfast Huddle. Elliot Danker and Ryan Huang with you. It's time now to take a look at the headlines investors will be paying attention to this morning. And of course, it's on the back of the Bank of Japan and their shock policy action. I mean, you yourself didn't quite see this coming when we were talking last week. Yeah, so this is taking the markets by quite a bit of surprise. And I just to try and wrap my head around this. <laughs> I was on leave in the past two days and I'm coming back to this. It is quite... I guess in a way shocking because some market watchers were expecting quite a quiet week to close up 2022 but it is now seeing the ripple effects play out in many quarters so just to recap what's been in the BOJ's headlines they've been making the Bank of Japan Governor Haruko Karuda gave a glimpse of what investors can expect with their ultra-loose monetary policy in the coming years or even shorter than that possibly. It may be coming to an end soon. So he talked about how he's going to be allowing Japan's 10-year bond yields to rise to around 0.5%. That is double the previous upper limit of 0.25%. So that is being seen as a signal of more uh, tightening to come. So a bit of a reverse in direction. And he says, the BOJ says the move was intended to improve market functioning and encourage a smoother formation of the entire yield curve while maintaining competitive financial conditions. So reacting to market conditions, but at the same time, he's trying to say, you know, this is not actually tightening. I'm just giving the flexibility to this program that he has. Well, it's definitely strengthened the yield a bit, up roughly 4% against the dollar after this was mm. announced. Are we regretting not going to Japan? <laughs> it's the largest one-day gain in yeah. 34 years, that jump you talk about. And this is now seeing quite a bit of pressure on the dollar. And if you look at where we are right now for the dollar-yen cross, it is at 131.94 and it's down by 3.6%. And of course, it has the implications for many things as well. Ben Japan is one of the last central banks to keep its monetary policy settings yeah. on such loose terms. Yeah. When it is talking about changing direction, it is a big signal for markets. It's been keeping borrowing costs so low, so low that it's been one of the sources for borrowing to do carry trades. So when mm. that is the when there has the possibility of being unwound, it will see the trades starting to unwind and then we might see knock-on impacts in other places. And as we've seen in the knee-jerk reactions in the past day, markets have been selling off and that is starting to play out when you think about how much is being priced in. It is leaving a lot of analysts divided. Some are saying, no, this is just giving the youth of control program Flexibility. Fundamentally, nothing has changed. They are keeping short-term rates still where they are, status quo. But some are reading into it a bit more, saying this is a signal towards an exit by the BOJ. So you've got this mix of opinion playing out in the markets and markets trying to 
figure out where to go from here. But to be fair, right, when you say figure out where to go from here, it's quite interesting when we look ahead, right? BOJ Governor Karuda, he doesn't have long more in this position. Mm, so he's got until somewhere in April before he hands over his job to his successor. So, so pretty much change. two more policy <laughs> meetings. So some are saying, no, he's trying to be nice and give his successor more wiggle room in that sense without having to do all the hard work when it comes to managing the U-curve control program. So, mm. in effect, whatever happens, like you pointed out, to finish off the normalization of the loose margin policy by the BOJ, it will be up to his successor. So, where it goes from there is going to be another question. Mark. Yeah, that's another question for another day. Okay, just very quickly, let's take a look at the situation in China. If you've been struggling to wrap your head around China's data when it comes to COVID-19, Brian, it seems you've got a bit more clarity for us. Yeah, so there has been quite a bit of debate when it comes to the data out from China around COVID-19 deaths. As you've seen with the easing of restrictions, COVID-19 cases have picked up, but not deaths. So it's been a big question mark. And finally, it seems like some clarity has been shed on the issue from an official because of the way it's now being defined. So it's now defining COVID deaths as those who die from respiratory failure, so officially, it has to be deemed that way. So if anyone dies due to underlying causes like heart attacks or okay. anything, on top of having COVID-19, it would not be classified as having died from COVID-19. Oh, oh right. So semantics now. Okay. may be the reason why the case numbers may, to some people, not match the number of deaths. So maybe some clarity there. All right. Thanks a lot, Ryan. Ryan returns at 7.35 with the finance updates. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.